I put a sweater on. It was chilly, but I had the windows open. Close them up, turn on all these lights. Now I'm just sweating, baby. If I was Conan O'Brien, I'd be Bonin O'Brien. Bonin O'Brien. Whoa. I'd be Bonin O'Brien. Bonin O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Yeah! I'm gonna beat that out. Beat that out. Bonin, beat that out. Beat that out. Whoa. I'm gonna beat that out. Beat that out. Bonin, beat that out. Beat that out. Whoa. I'm gonna bleep that out because Henry will fucking kill me. Henry will fucking kill me. It's late night with Conan O'Brien. All right. What up, everybody? How is everybody doing? Hello to all the beautiful people. It is I, Black Zeus, back for another episode of Black Zeus the Podcast. This is season three, episode 37, bitch. What's up? What's up? I hope y'all doing all right. I hope you had a beautiful week. You know what I'm saying? We are back for another episode. Um, If you are around my age, if you're around the age of 30, what I just did to open up the podcast, you might recognize. It was the Late Night with Conan O'Brien theme song. I was just listening to some Conan O'Brien shit. I've been doing crazy deep dives on this guy right here, bro. This guy right here. Shout outs to this pale, freckled, redhead, Irish Catholic guy. Uh, really huge influence um, comedically on me growing up, you know, which, which sounds weird because he's a late night talk show host. One of the funniest motherfuckers on television, bar none, period, history, like historically. I had all my nigga influences, you know what I mean? But of the white influences, Conan has to be like top five for me. This dude, the, just the silliness, my nigga. It just, you know, he let me know that I could be fucking weird and goofy. Um... Which, you know, he was a white guy, so they had more license to do that on TV. Back in the day, if you were black, you just had to be a cool-ass nigga, you know what I'm saying? Or uh, or um, a criminal. <laughs> Those are the only roles you were getting. Arsenio Hall had a late-night talk show. <laughs> I'm aging the fuck out of myself right now. Uh, I was not around for the Arsenio Hall show. I was not old enough to catch that on air. But motherfucking Tonight Show, late night. With Conan O'Brien, I would catch that shit every night that I could. If I wasn't too tired, or if my mom would yell at me to turn off the TV, I'd fucking just sneak that shit on. I had such a good strategy. I had a TV in my room, so that was my mom's first mistake. Um, I had such a good strategy, bro. Everybody did. You know, you had to figure out how to turn off the TV without her. She, my mom had... Uh, this practice that she would do she would actually go up to the tv and you could hear it because if you just back in the day tvs are like they're tanks bro if i don't know how old you i don't know why i think i have a bunch of young people listening to this podcast you all know what the fuck i'm talking about my nigga i don't have teenagers listening to this shit and if i do welcome go look up your history my nigga because when we had to move a tv in the house back in the day you had to like hire a moving crew my nigga they were massive they were like bank vaults 
But um, they would make a bunch of noise because it was all mechanical and the like crazy amounts of just fucking fidgety digits, fidgety digits. That's really fun. That might be the episode title, fidgety digits. Say that 10 times fast, man. Like, I, I don't even think I say that twice. Fidgety digits, fidgety digits, fidgety digits, fidgety digits, fidgety digits, fidgety digits, fidgety digits. Well, I lost all the listeners. Back to Conan and the TVs and shit. My mom had this thing where she would actually walk up to the TV and hear, like, put her ear to it. And you could hear, like, I don't know what was going on in those TVs, but it was like, clink, 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 clink. Like just a bunch of little clicks and fucking beeps and boops. This shit was literally like NASA had to power down the the space station, my nigga. It was crazy. Conan O'Brien, bro. I would sneak and watch his shows when I wasn't able to. I would just straight up watch it like uh and really only the first like 15 to 20 minutes, unless he had a really good guest on. Like, if it was someone that I was super into, like, he had Chappelle on a bunch. The Norm Macdonald ones. I was watching that shit. I remember watching those live. I still watch those Norm Macdonald clips to this day. To this day! To this day! But yeah, man. Conan O'Brien. Salute. Salute the comedy general, Conan O'Brien. One day I will work with this guy. I just put that shit on, on film. So, I have to hold myself to that. He's on this shelf for a reason, my nigga. This guy right here wrote some of the best episodes of The Simpsons, but also just hugely influential uh, to me comedically in terms of just letting me realize that my goofy nature could play to a big audience, you know? And, And only now in the last few years have I really been amping that up. I think when I first started comedy, I was I was still more on the traditional side. Not traditional, not good. like bro. There's a but there's been goofy comics from from the jump. How do I how do I say? I was more on like the philosophical side. You know what I mean? I didn't really bring. That's not even true. I think that's a lie too. Because I my first recordings and shit that I I recently have been going back and watching some of my old stuff. Like I was out there. I was I was. I just wasn't honed in on it. And then over a few years, I kind of fucking got rid of that goofy stuff and just honed in on, you know, traditional joke writing and trying to be more fucking, you know, uh, talk about life. And then as I got older and as I got in the game a little longer, you know, you start to realize like, oh, bro, though, the thing that you're supposed to do here is inject your personality into your stage, uh, into your stage act and then crank that bitch to 11. That's really all it is, bro. We're all playing we're all playing hyper-realized versions of ourselves. Some of us. I am. 100%. Um, which will be a little more evident going into, going into, you know, the future here. I got a bunch of shows that I want to promote. By the way, if you're not following me, I'm AKA Black Zeus on all social media. Please uh, hit me up. Send me a DM. Hit, hit like on some of my posts. Do something. Just be active. Uh, but I got a bunch of shows coming up. This week, um, like I got to actually give the dates. I'm so bad at this. So the episode is coming out the 21st, uh, September. Damn, we're already at the end of September, my nigga. Jesus. Whoo, that scared the shit out of me. Like, how are we already at the end of September? What? This shit just started a day ago. All right. 
So Thursday, September 22nd, I will be closing out uh, the Den of Hilarities in Barrie, Ontario. That's right. I'm going to drive an hour and a half, two hours to go make you laugh, my nigga. And then on Friday, the 23rd, uh, I already promoted these shows, but I'll do it again. On Friday, the 23rd, I'm in Greektown, Toronto at uh, Mandy's Bistro, which is a, a, a gay restaurant, I think. They've had, sh they've been doing shows there. I, I only say that specifically because I'm very happy with the, the lineup of shows I have this weekend. I talked about this either on the last episode or the episode before, but I am a mandem of the people, my nigga. I am a funny man of the people. I am a people person, bro. I, I bring the funny to wherever the people are at. So on the Friday, uh, I'm in Greek town at a at Mandy's. So shout outs to the gays. And then on the Saturday, Saturday, September 23rd, I am in St. Thomas with all the hicks, baby. I'm with, I'm with all the whites, all the whites out in St. Thomas. I would just pass London, Ontario there. And then coming back on the Sunday, I think I just told these dates wrong, no? Yeah, damn. All right, I did tell them wrong. Thursday the 22nd, I'm in Barrie. Friday the 23rd, I'm at Mandy's Bistro, Greektown, Toronto. With the gays. Shout outs to the gays. Saturday, St. Thomas, just out past London. Shout outs to the Hots. All the Hots. And then Sunday, this Sunday, September 25th, my nigga. Uh, I return to make my niggas laugh. Salute to my niggas. Uh, 27 year running. Kenny Robinson's Nubian Disciples of Richard Pryor, Just for Last Toronto Show. I am so hyped for this week of shows. Uh, even Thursday, which is a two-hour commute, <laughs> which means four hours on the road, my nigga. Jihaya. You know? But it's all in service of, of my career. It's all in service of making the people laugh, um, sharpening my skills, and prepping for my comedy special, which you guys have been hearing me talk about. Lots of lots of updates. This this week is gonna be a good one for uh, the the comedy special stuff. I'm finally gearing up to do the whole promotional launch, uh, go on a little PR campaign, and and yeah, man, everything's just shaping up so nicely, man. I I'm I really feel like I I feel like I, I know I've said this on the show the last few episodes, but more and more, man, I really feel like I'm stepping into my fucking role. You know, like I did the work, I got funny, I understand the business side of show business, or at least the comedy, the comedy business, you know, and now it's just, I'm so ready to fucking package this shit all together and it's already happening, man. Like I'm so excited to see what me and my crew get up to and, uh, and the artists, the local artists and local business, uh, business owners and. And uh, social media, social media people and shit. I'm building a little network here that I truly believe will change the landscape of uh, Hamilton, Ontario, the art scene in Hamilton, Ontario. I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'll give you guys a little update on the comedy special, the promo video. I shot a promo video with my boy Tyler Shazma. Salutes to this guy, uh, Tyler Shazma. One of my oldest, dearest comedy brothers. This guy, I've known this guy from day one. 
maybe not exactly day one, but he was there like right at the beginning. And we've just been like close ever since. And as we get older, it's just been really fun to watch us both progress. This nigga's on the cusp. I call him nigga, but he's the most white boy. <laughs> he's on the cusp of, of fucking breaking through. Break on through to the other side. And, I'm, and I couldn't be more proud and excited for him. And also just very excited because me and him have been working back and forth on, on visions and ideas for literally 11 years, bro. Like we, we have ideas that we filmed back in the day that we're repurposing and repackaging to, to do again. We have whole concepts for shows and stuff that we're going to start to work on. You guys will hear more. We'll hear more about that. After the comedy special died, like uh, has happened and things died down from that, but as of right now, like uh, we just filmed the promotional video for my comedy special, which should be out either mid this week or end of the week or early like Monday of next week. I'm so excited! I'm officially I'm recording this on the Monday. This comes out on the Tuesday, but as of today, the day that I'm recording this, the September the 19th, I am exactly two months away from my comedy special taping. I'm so fucking excited. I'm so excited. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, scared, nervous, anxious, all of it. But that's exactly how I know that I'm doing the right thing. Because if, if I was completely a-okay about everything that I'm, I'm up to right now, my nigga, that's not right. I haven't done all of this in this way before, you know? So I, I, the fact that I feel all these things is because I'm doing something new. Now, the beautiful, thank God, for comedy. Thank God that I have 11 years in comedy and that I actually waited to, to really figure all this shit out to, to really start making real fucking big moves. I'm so grateful because I, I ate shit. I, I did it. I bombed on stage time after time, set after set after set. And I carried through, you know, and that's why now I'm fucking fearless, bro. Like there is nothing that I, I can't do, bro. Like I've already proven to myself, even if I can't do it initially, I've proven to myself that I have the fucking cojones, my nigga. I have the balls to eat shit until I figure it out. And, and I have, I don't have it all figured out. But my nigga, oh, oh, I got some things figured out. I'm so excited. God willing, man, inshallah, the next six months to a year, if I, if I do what I'm supposed to do and, and I keep putting my people on and we keep shining together and keep expanding in this way, it's time for global domination, my nigga. It's time. It's really time to start traveling with this shit. It's really time. To, to see exactly how far I can take this, which I'm not even aware of limits in my mind. Like, this is how I operate. I Why set limits? Because the second you say, oh, I'm going to reach the sky, it was like, well, you've limited yourself, my nigga. How about if you're the first, play, the first person to go into outer space? And what if the first person to go out of space, there's another person after that? You're going to go to another galaxy or some shit. My nigga, there is no limits to what the fuck I can do. Um... Other than, you know, physical limitation. <laughs> Way to just undercut all of that. But yeah, I'm just, I don't know. And I've been getting back into like, not, how do I phrase this? Like, it's not exactly homework because 
it's a similar mindset though. Let me give me let me drink this water real quick. When I first started comedy, or even before I started comedy, um, I had a lot of downtime, and I just studied. I for whatever reason I took it upon myself to watch every comedy special of every comedian I've I've ever loved, and then to double down and start watching comedy of people I've never heard of, watching comedy of people that I didn't like, reading, uh, reading. Plus, I grew up just always fascinated and paying attention to to the comedy world so there was already this kind of um underlying knowledge but i studied the fuck out and it's not even just like oh how to be funny on stage no it's like how these people were maneuvering through life because at that point i knew that i was going to try it uh little did i know it would be the rest of my life but i knew at that point i was going to try it and I was in college for animation, of all things. So, you know, I thought I, I thought maybe that was going to be the route I was going. But for whatever reason, with that downtime, I'm very grateful that that part of my life happened to where I was just forced to fucking sit out and, and not have work and not go to school for a bit and all that shit. Because I really just got to... And Curb Your Enthusiasm was another thing. I watched the fuck out of Curb Your... And I was just so fascinated... But a that was when I realized is like oh Jerry Seinfeld is not the guy that I'm I'm I find funny. I never even really found his character funny in the show. It was mostly Kramer and George. Let's be serious. And and like I didn't realize that that was Larry at the time. But anytime he would like joke like uh, fucking Yankees owner. What's the guy's name? I forget. It doesn't really matter. I don't care. But um. Those characters were always the funniest to me. But I did not understand, you know, because I wasn't paying attention to the writing of all that, that it was Jerry and Larry in the writing room. And to be honest, bro, if you're if you're asking me, the funny came from Larry David. Like, it's it's hilarious because Jerry Seinfeld was a comedian. But this nigga was like an observationalist. Ah, bruh, that, that's not like what's funny to me. And I'm sure that he obviously is like a huge part of why that show is funny. But once I saw Curb, I completely understood. It was like, oh, it's Larry's writing that I resonated with. It was Larry's characters. It was the fact that George was Larry David. It was based off of Larry David. Like, all of that shit. And then for them to just go and make uh, a show that was improvised and to be funnier than Seinfeld, to me, funnier than Seinfeld, it it like unlocked a door in my mind. And I actually started improv before I started stand-up comedy. I did improv for about six months and just something was missing. But I did that because of the Larry David thing, because of Curb Your Enthusiasm. It just inspired me to finally get up and go try this shit. And I would just do these drop-in classes at the Staircase Theater in Hamilton, Ontario. I, th I'm, I think they still do improv there, but... Shout us to the shout us to that theater. Salute to them, and shout us to uh, Clifford Myers, uh, a Hamilton OG from back in the day, who gave me my first set at the Staircase. So I was doing the improv drop-ins, and I did that for like five six months, and just something wasn't. I'm like, this isn't this something's not all the way here yet. I was really enjoying it, and I was having a blast, but it just they didn't resonate with me i and honestly not to be a dick or whatever but i felt funnier than the people i was doing it with 
and I wanted to hone in on that. I'm like, how do I? And then, you know, found out that there was a, a booked comedy show there run by Clifford Myers, and he put me on, and the rest is history. I'm still making that history, but the rest is history. And uh, I'm very grateful that I did the improv first. I watched my, my first recorded set. It's not my very first set. It's actually my second set that I, I did, but I didn't record the first one for whatever reason. It actually might be my first. Why do I think that's my second? I think that's actually my first. Cause, yeah, because I had my boy Devin Bateson on camera there. I dragged my friend from animation in college. I'm like, nigga, you got to come with me to this shit. And he would do like the improv with me for a bit. And I, I fucking remember all this. Damn, I brought my boy Devin in and he's still in the game and he's fucking doing his own thing now. Like he's still in comedy, but like he's also in like the music space. Very, very f damn, bro. How reminiscent. I just remembered like the start of all this shit. Very poetic. <laughs> 11 years, bro. That's not nothing, but it's also not something. I know a lot of people will look at that as like, bro, that's over a decade. That's a long time. It's like, but when you consider the rest of your life, God willing, again, you know, I don't know how long this shit is going to be, but I'm still a baby. I'm, I'm only 10 years old. I'm 11 years old. You didn't, you don't look at an 11 year old and be like, yo, you know everything. Now, obviously this is a little different, but add another 11 years. How much more will I have learned? How much more confident will I be on stage? How much funnier will I be? How much will my writing style change as I get older? Like, what will I want to talk about on stage? Like, all this shit fascinates me. And it's just, you know, I can't stop now. I'm just addicted. I'm just addicted, baby. You just scratch my neck. I'm addicted. So, yeah, two months away from my first ever one-hour comedy special taping. I'm so excited. Uh, I got all the venues locked in. Um, I will make all the full announcements properly. I don't, I, I, I like teasing, you know, but most likely next episode, the next episode, you guys will get the full, like, this is the title. This is, you know, the price, the ticket price. You guys probably want to know that $800. Nobody will be there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a crazy balance of work and life for me right now. I've never, ever, ever worked so hard in my life. And and a big part of that is because, obviously, I'm maintaining my day job currently while also being fully active and doing stand-up full-time. And now, on top of that, planning uh, a comedy special taping in two different cities with some uh, other events that will be associated with that and building this network out and, and also... Like plugging my my closest friends and and my people into this shit in a very meaningful and impactful way that doesn't just benefit me but benefits them and like opens up doors for for who knows in the future. I've just never worked this goddamn hard. It is super satisfying. This is not a complaint. I'm very excited and eager to get off of my day job shit. So like and and. Like, this is the part where I feel like people tend to fuck up a lot. Because I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? And there's been many tunnels in my comedy career. When I first started, it was, I just entered. You know, you just walk into a tunnel, and you don't know if you're going to walk right back out. I knew immediately, my first set, I'm like, I'm in this for life. 
So, you know, you're just walking down a dark tunnel, bro. And I didn't see a light at the end of that tunnel for years. And then eventually I saw a light and I made it out the other side of the tunnel. That's like the beginning of my comedy career. Then I entered another one. That's when I really started to learn and fucking figure my shit out and figure my... And then, you know, you get out of that. Then you enter another one. Then you get out of that. I'm in another tunnel right now. I'm in a whole new tunnel. And, and I see it's a lot shorter of a tunnel than the other ones have been. And I see a light at the end of the tunnel. And there's, t- there's times where I get anxious. I'm like, I just need to be there, like right now. But I, I, I very much remind myself, as I calm the fuck down, take it one moment at a time, fuck a day at a time. Because it's not worth rushing through, you know? And I see a lot of that. I see, bro, especially when you get close to something really big and you know that you have the accumulated skills and you have the confidence and all this shit, you want to get it over and done with. And to a certain extent, I can't wait to be done with this comedy special. I really can't. I'm so excited to just be over it. <laughs> and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm just fucking sick of this material at this point. I've been just working this material to death and I'm just excited to not talk about it ever again. But also, it's because I have like another two hours ready to go. Maybe not a whole two. I definitely have one and a half. And, and, the, and I have plans for it. And then I also have plans for like videos. And obviously you guys have been hearing me talk about the green screen and shit and all this, all this stuff is like, I can't wait to win back my time so that I can just focus on this shit. Like, like it deserves like a full-time job. Like I wake up in the morning, have my breakfast. And instead of going to clock in for somebody else, I come right to the studio or, or I go and have a, a writing session or, or I meet up with, or, or, or I just go and live life and gain experience so that I can talk about other shit, you know? It ain't like fuck, bro. I'm I'm very excited for that. I don't know why I said it like I'm very excited for that. But I am. It's a fucking it's hard, bro. It's so hard. But it's so rewarding. And when you're doing what you love, I'm sure you guys have heard this a million times. But find what you love in life and figure out a way to do that. The, the funny thing is, is that most people will be like, what if I love photography or what if I love whatever the fuck? Bro, you got to be strategic about the way you think about that. Don't just think it's like, okay, I love photography so I could be a hobbyist. or whatever. Even something as fucking random. Let's say you like going on hikes or some shit. You, if you sit with yourself long enough and try and figure out a way to not necessarily just make money, but like live by doing that thing. And then you commit to starting and then you commit to eating shit because it's a learning process. Eventually, you got a hiking business or some shit, whatever the fuck, bro. I know it sounds goofy, but my nigga, I'm a comedian. You know how fucking goofy is that shit? There's niggas making millions of dollars telling people jokes. Yeah. And and like, why not? Why not? You owe it to yourself, bro. You owe it to yourself. Yes, this turned into a TED Talk again. What a surprise. This philosophical slash goofy motherfucker up in this bitch. Yo, I was um, I was having a conversation with my friend the other day. And uh, we were just talking about hip-hop and shit. And uh, I was actually talking to another uh, friend of mine, a co-worker. What up, CJ? Salute to you, my guy. Uh, he went to the Kid Cudi concert. Kid Cudi's been coming up a lot lately. 
and I don't remember how long ago I did this, but it was it definitely wasn't this season. Was it this season? I think it was last season of the podcast. I gave my top five rappers of all time. And I still have the same criteria. For me personally, my top five rappers, it, it has to be a combination of the music and impact on my life. Now, Cuddy was in my top five. And, yo, hindsight being 2020, what a goofball I am. Cuddy in the top five, my nigga? Like, that's fucking bonkers. I think I was still really attached to Man on the Moon 2. But when I look, I, I, I just recently did this in my head. And then I fa- I saw a meme today, bro. Cuddy has an album coming out. First of all, I don't know what's going on in Cuddy land. You know what I mean? But this, yo, shout out to this nigga. He's rocking his dresses and doing whatever the fuck. But like something seems to be happening to him like mentally. It almost feels like he's really entered the system now. Because he was kind of an anti-establishment kind of rapper at the beginning. And that's what I think I really uh, gravitated towards. Like this nigga was like, yo, I'm, I'm different. I'm I'm different and I fucked with that. I wasn't really there for the the depression fucking talks, you know what I mean? I I have <laughs> I have a happy personality, happy demeanor and I wasn't depressed. So, I was never one of those dudes that listened to Cuddy because it was like, "Yo, man, he made me not want to kill myself." It was like, "Salute to you if that is what you got from him, but that's not what I got from him at all." I'm like, "Yo, nigga, I'm young, I like drugs and this music is fucking moody and just and just different and I, that's the vibe I was in." But the majority of my top five, you know, I listen to regularly, still actively, like actively, you know, and I don't think I've listened to Cuddy in since Passion, Pain and Demon Slaying. I love that album, by the way. That album was really good. But this nigga is fucking dropping all. I can't have this guy in my top five, bro. And then I was uh, scrolling Instagram today. <laughs> I was scrolling Instagram today and uh, apparently his new album leaked. It's like it's dropping in two weeks. He's got a uh, some Netflix animated show called Enter, Enter Galactic, which is super cutty. And he's got a an album to coincide with that called the same thing, Enter Galactic. It leaked two weeks early, but it leaked with a bunch of fart noises on all the tracks. And and from what I'm hearing, from what I'm seeing, Mike Dean, who's his producer on the album, it looks like it was him that did. <laughs> So even his own camp, if this turns out to be true, even his own camp is like, nigga, you are doo-doo right now. What is going on, bro? I have to play this shit. I have, like, bro, this is, this. (laughs) Bro, what the? What pettiness, bro? What pettiness? I can't play too much of it because A, it's unreleased, and B, it's, it's. I'm sure the copyright and all that shit, but for the whole album to be leaked. And then the second track I heard, the nigga put that poopty scoopty whoop, the Kanye poopty whoopty scoop. If you guys remember, Kanye released some random gibberish on his website one time, like a year or two ago, and it was like poopty scoopty whoopty. He put that over the track with the fart noises on top of Cuddy's like humming and stuff. Bro, when I tell you, like, I'm pretty sure I delayed the recording of this podcast by like 35 minutes. Because I was just in tears watching that shit over and over again. And it kind of just put the nail in the coffin. I'm like, dude, I don't resonate with this guy at all anymore. So I have to now. I have to give an updated top five rappers of all time for me. And this doesn't include new rappers. Because it's like, bro, I'm t- at some point, I'm sure one of these niggas from Griselda will make it in my top five. 
I just need more of a catalog, more time in my life, and more playthroughs, you know? But I actually pretty much gave my top five back then. There was a, there was a six man, you know what I mean? I had a, by the way, shout out to the NBA, coming back in a month. You, 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 I can't, yo, let's go Raptors. Da, 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 da. Fucking can't wait for inside the NBA, bro, to hear those niggas just talk about dumb shit and basketball. Beautiful. Um, but when I gave my top five rappers initially, I had a six man that was rotated in and out. And now that Cuddy's out, like, bruh. And, and all these five, ah, you know what, though? Ah, I might have to take Pac out too, man. I might have to take Pac out too. Only like, it just it doesn't resonate with me anymore. I don't listen to it anymore. I've I've, I I don't know. It definitely was a huge impact in my life. But damn, man, just saying that out loud even sounds weird for me to say. Right now, the way it stands, it would be Nipsey, uh, Pac, Kanye. Lil Wayne, and then yeah, who's the who's the fifth? You know, uh, the problem that I had before was Cuddy was in there. I can't believe I'm even just saying this out loud. I was choosing between Kanye and Wayne in the rotation, but keeping Cuddy in the top five. Like, how much did I really like Mr. Rager, my nigga? That's crazy to me. How much did I really like that? That album was fucking huge. I still, you know, I, I can't even shit on Man on the Moon too. That album is flawless. But like, Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying is also really good. Man on the Moon one, I could still get through. I just, I don't know, man. I'm just not in that. It doesn't resonate anymore. Pac, you know, I can't even say that I don't play him. It's just not as frequent. But I definitely played some Pac like within the last week. But it was only like two or three tracks, maybe. But actively, bro, Nip, Daily, Kanye, Daily, Wayne, Daily. And, uh, oh, Mose, Yasin Bey, Daily. I was just, li- I fucking almost went through half his catalog in the last month. Black Star, bro. Oh, you can't see this vinyl on the wall because it's cut out on the monitor. But up top on the, maybe I'll even move it down so, you, so it'll always be in frame with me. But Black Star, Mose Def, and Talib Kweli. One of the most impactful, important albums in my entire life. Just just fully, like the fullest black experience in an album for me. I fucking still listen to that. And it tears me up inside, bro. I'm too broke, my nigga, and I don't want to pirate it. But they have a new album. They finally, they finally released their second album. And it's all produced by Madlib. Are you fucking kidding me? And I've only heard one song. It's the one that they released on the Midnight Miracle podcast with Dave Chappelle. But they put the album up behind a paywall and it's not on um like it's not on any regular streaming service like Spotify or Apple or anything. It's on Luminary, which is where the podcast is. I'm like, bro, I'm not subscribing to no goddamn podcast platform. As much as I want to, to I like I need to listen to that album, bro. Fuck. I even listened to the one song that they released like five times, like in the last two days. I think Fuck. Even just saying that out loud. I can't wait to just have like frivolous money, you know? Like right now, I'm too invested in my career and I have to reinvest. But at some point, I anticipate having at least some money that I could be like, what? A luminary fucking subscription? Just add that shit. I want to support. 
because they they are that impactful. So I actually refuse to pirate it. I I won't download it, and and unless they release it on a platform that I can buy it, maybe it's on Apple Music or some shit. I don't know what. Maybe it's an exclusivity thing, but you know I can't knock him because Yasin Bey, most F, I I've he's on record numerous times like talking about how the streaming um the streaming wave that's happening is also just completely fucking over artists bro it's like he has this amazing amazing um audio like breakdown of spotify and it's on like one of the episodes i think it's one of the free episodes they released of the midnight miracle podcast but he likes has this perfect phrase he's like what kind of bugs bunny motherfucking mathematics is this shit where there's like yo they fractioned off a penny so for every stream that you get played on Spotify, you get a fraction of a penny, bro. And he just goes in on this. He's like, how the fuck? Who the fuck sat down and looked at a penny and decided that they could break that shit up? And so I really respect that. I really respect that. Fuck Spotify for that shit. Fuck any of these streaming platforms that are just aping the artists. And these artists, you know, they don't have a platform of their own. And and so once again, it's like these new labels, these new label situations get created in the digital space. It's like they could kiss my ass, bro. Five cent, like a fraction of a penny per stream. Fuck you. Unless you're someone like a Drake or whatever to where they're paying you to put your shit on their platform. One hundred percent. Because that nigga's on fucking Apple and all that stuff. So it's like if you're on anything else, they're paying you for your catalog. So I respect it, bro. I even found out like a year ago or, or two years ago, some like Yasin Bey has a whole other album that I've never heard because you can only listen to the album inside of an art exhibit. So he had a whole exhibit set up in a museum in New York. And I don't think it's like an active exhibit because this was like a year, like a year or two ago, probably before COVID. Actually, I think it was just before COVID. And I probably will never hear that. Which makes me sad as fuck because, again, monumentally influential uh, artist that I still, still can listen to in and, like, in and out, bro. His catalog is fire, bro. Fire. Shout out to Yasin Bey. So, yeah. Let's figure this out. So, you got Yasin. You got Nipsey. You got Kanye. You got Lil Wayne. Look at that. There's a fifth spot open. So, like, who... Could I say no one immediately comes to mind because I just put myself on the spot. So that's not how that works. I did say Griselda's working their way up, but I need more time. It's like which one of which one of these all time, man? I can't think of it. I can't think of I can't think of anybody more impactful, influential than those four that I named already. I'd really have to I guess I'd have to put Pac in there. But Pac, you know, probably will be in there much longer. Probably won't be in there much longer, which is crazy for me to even say out loud. But again, this is all personal shit. You can attack me all you want, my nigga. This is my life. This is my top five. Um, so that's that. I think I'm going to do the theme. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, what have I been? Let's let's do a little uh, media roundup. There's a bunch of shit. It's winter is coming, baby. So, you know, all the shows are starting back up. Atlanta is back. Holy fuck. The uh, season premiere of Atlanta. I've only watched the one episode, but they released two in, in one day. So good, bro. Shout out to Earl Sweatshirt. The, like, fuck, bro. The writing on Atlanta is so, so good. Uh, 
and it just really does justice, I think, to to rap culture. The first episode of uh, the last season of Atlanta, it's over. This is the final season, which is kind of fucked up. Only four seasons, and the show's that good. But shout out to Donald Glover, man. This guy is he's got ambitions out the wazoo, and he already created something that's a staple, you know. So once you do that, it's like what? Why keep it going forever? I like the idea of ending things and then starting something new. So the first episode of Atlanta, season four, uh, they're back in Atlanta because the last season they were all in Europe. They were doing a Paperboy was on tour through Europe, which was a fun way to break uh, break the flow of the show. But now they're back and uh, there's a fake MF Doom type rapper that they created for, for the show. And he died. And they did it exactly how MF Doom died in the show. He's like, well, he's been dead for three months, but his family just released the information. They didn't name him MF Doom. I forget the actual name that they gave him in the show, but essentially it was the Doom story. And uh, Earl Sweatshirt played the rapper. Now, you never actually see him, but they they recorded a track that was fire. It was a fire. It was just a fun, like, so MF Doom style, you know? And Earl Sweatshirt, if you're... if you're not a fan of uh, like Odd Future and all them. I'm not even really a big fan of Odd Future, but Earl is a lyricist, bro. That nigga can spit. And um, he's on record of just being one of the biggest Doom fans. I even remember seeing a video of them meeting Doom. Like it was at some Vancouver show like years and years ago. It was like a music festival, obviously years and years ago because Doom was still active. But um, the video of uh, Tyler, the creator, and Earl Sweatshirt meeting Doom Earl literally cried and shit. Like it was, like it was wild, bro. Just meeting one of your absolute heroes, and and it went well. Sometimes you meet your heroes and they're not your heroes after that. But um, that was really good. I think Star Wars is about to start up. So if you're looking for some space Nazis, that's that's about the. I'm actually kind of looking forward to this one. Andor, I think it's called. I like the fact that they're leaning away from the CG for this. From everything that I've seen. Uh, all the trailers and stuff, and from what I've read, they filmed the majority of the show practically, like, in lo- on location. Not in that, like, fake Disney hangar that they built, which is still really cool uh, if, if you're going all digital and shit, because, like, the, the technology behind that shit is like a 360-degree screen, and then there's a platform in the middle, and they project the whole uh, set around you. And because technology is where it's at and tracking technology is where it's at, the actors literally just stand in the middle of the thing. And every time they move or they turn their head or whatever, the perspective of the screen also rotates so that it matches where they're looking at or where they're standing or where they're moving to. Technology is crazy. But I'm, I'm excited to have some Star Wars that potentially can feel like the old Star Wars because, like, I don't know. The CG kind of ruins it all. I like, I like the Jim Henson puppets and shit, bro. I like the imagination, the creation. And I'm done talking about Star Wars because niggas are ready to turn this off right now. Um, shout out to all the nerd niggas, though. That <laughs> uh, NBA's coming back. What else have I been watching? Uh, I watched that. I'm still watching that Pantheon show on AMC, that animated show about fucking convergence and all this shit. Still interesting. AEW's coming to town, so that'll be uh, that'll be fun. AEW's coming in October. I'm, I couldn't get Dynamite tickets, but I'm going to see Rampage. Y'all niggas don't want to hear me talk about wrestling. But live wrestling is fun as fuck, bro. Take some drugs and go to a live sporting event. This shit is... Um, but other than that, that's it. That's it, baby. 
That's it, all my beautiful people. Uh, this has been Season 3, Episode 37 of Black Zeus, the podcast. I am Black Zeus. You are beautiful people. Uh, please like and subscribe. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, just make sure you, you know, share it. You know, do, do, do something to help a nigga out. Because uh, I promise you, in the next six months to a year, everything should be popping off like legit, legit. So, uh, again, I always... You guys are the core. Right now, it's like 85 subscribers. You guys are the core. I fucking love y'all. Some of y'all don't even watch. You just hit subscribe just to support. And, you know, even though you're not hearing this, I love you too, man. Man or woman. Or they. <laughs> Fuck. It's 2022, my nigga. You can't even, you can't even just say these things anymore. Um, but, yeah. I'm AKA Black Zeus on all social media. I'll be back for you next Wednesday, as always. Let's make a theme. Talk about a theme. Talk about a theme. Uh, uh, uh. I'm looking at a Grand Theft Auto poster. All that GTA. I don't know if you guys are nerds like this, but Grand Theft Auto 6 footage leaked. Looks fun. I like the Bonnie and Clyde uh, aspect that they're going for. I'm happy to be going back to Vice City. And then also, uh, it's like two playable characters. Again, Bonnie and Clyde. So I think you're going to play the couple and switch back and forth between the, the guy and the girl. They gave that girl a fantastic ass. It's digital, so it's not real. I'm not trying to hit it because it's fake, but like, damn, bro, they caked her up, my nigga. Jeez. Um, so I look forward to playing uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 hotcakes. <laughs> and just like that, Black Sister Podcast, Season 3, Episode 37. Beep, boop, ba da, ba, boom. Uh, what else should I say? I put a sweater on. Why did I do that? It's It was chilly, but I had the windows open. Closed them up. Turn on all these lights. Now I'm just sweating, baby. Now I'm just sweating. Uh, Conan O'Brien. If I was Conan O'Brien, I'd be blown in O'Brien. Whoa. I'm going to beep that out. Blown, blown in. I'm going to bleep that out because Henry will fucking kill me. Shit. Yeah, I'm going to cut this. I love y'all. Peace, peace. Yeah, yo, that's so awful. <laughs> I put a sweater on It was chilly But I had the windows open Closed them up Turned on all these lights Now I'm just sweating baby If I was Conan O'Brien I'd be Bonin O'Brien Bonin O'Brien Whoa I'd be Bonin O'Brien Bonin O'Brien Conan O'Brien Yay I'm gonna beat that out that out, blown in, beat that out, beat that out, oh, I'm gonna beat that out, beat that out, blown in, beat that out, beat that out, oh, I'm gonna bleep that out, cause Henry will fucking kill me, Henry will fucking kill me, kill me. Yeah!